Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nisa Today FC podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and on today's episode, we'll recap all the action from Week 27 in the Nisa League, especially all the drama down in Fort Finley between Gold Star FC and Chattanooga FC. We'll catch you up on all the latest news across the league and Nisa Nation, and I'll also share about my experience checking out some second round 2024 U.S. Open Cup qualifier action at Elmhurst University between Chicago House AC and West Loca, Chicago. And we'll catch you up on what's happening in Nisa Nation as well as they just finished up week five. And for my final thoughts, of course, we'll preview the two midweek matches on Wednesday. Stay tuned, everybody. We got another good show coming up right now. to it. Now Quintanilla wanting to start this counterattack opportunity. He's got Dorelli, the second half sub who just came on. Still Dorelli. Can he turn the corner? Can he get a shot off? He does play it across the net. It's knocked in. LA Force takes a 1-0 lead. Dorelli keeps the ball at his feet, fends off the defender. He's able to put a left-footed cross across the face of goal just for a tap-in. It's just that easy. Now LA Force with a 1-0 lead. Throw in by Gold Star, battle for it right along the touchline, and now cleared by Detroit. Ma Brook through traffic, Chattanooga cuts this off. Oh no! It could be a crisis. Roddy Green runs it down and buries it. One nil. Gold Star Detroit shocks Chattanooga at home as they take the lead. Chattanooga comes back up with it. Perez. Down to Ibarra, who's in the close channel. Jesus Ibarra with a move, steps into the 18, bends it inside, the football is loose, and buried by Chattanooga. 20 Lopez, his second goal of the season, makes it 1-1 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Espinal has a go! Darwin Espinal finds the back of the net for Maryland Bobcats. Quick, very quick restart. Ball wasn't even set yet. Espinal gets himself in a great space. And then it just takes a little skip. The crew is trying to... Ball the top. Little shove there from Ruiz. He'll have the ball at his left foot. He'll cut back. Plays it to Elias. Elias through traffic. Shot. And that one goes past Barnes into the back of the net. That's a brace for 
Steven Elias, and just like that, three unanswered goals here for Flower City. Wow, we had some crazy games in Week 27 in the NISA League. So, let's start with the match that happened last Wednesday. Now, this match was played at 9 a.m. local time. Who says it's too early to play soccer in the morning? So, we had Gold Star FC taking on City Union and... City Union won this match 3-1. Quinton Carey scored to give Gold Star FC the lead early in the first half. But in the second half, it was all Steven Elias was on fire in this match. As he scored a hat trick for City Union for them to win 3-1 and give them a bit of breathing room. In the playoff race, they now have a four-point gap between them and Club De Leon. So that was a huge win for Flower City Union. Now, next up was the match this past Friday. The Michigan Stars FC hosting the Maryland Bobcats FC. And the Maryland Bobcats get a big win on the road, winning this one 2-0. to zero. Uh, Darren Espinal got a big goal. There in the 82nd minute to get his 11th goal of the season. And that also ties him with Marcus Nagelstad, who also has 11 goals for the season. As both of them go neck-to-neck in the Golden Boot race. And then we have Malik Thumb, who scored the insurance goal to put this game away for the Bobcats. And that was a big win for the Bobcats. Because now they have a shot to host a home playoff game. They're in that position now. And that was that keeps their unbeaten streak going. They now have been unbeaten in their last four league matches. Now, we had a game that was supposed to be played this weekend. Another match for City Union against the Van Clovers FC. But that match was postponed due to a COVID outbreak within the the Savannah Clovers, the league has not announced yet, as of recording of this podcast, the new rescheduled dates, but is working on it with both clubs. Now, we had two thrilling games on Sunday, this past Sunday. Let's start at Fort Finley. Chattanooga FC won, Gold Star FC won. Uh, what a thrilling match down there in Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga, man, that long layoff really affected this team. Their last match was on September 10th when they were on their West Coast trip taking on LA Force and Albion San Diego. I know they had two matches postponed since then, so this was their first match in a while. Now, Chattanooga FC had a slow start there, so a little tough. You know, I know for some of the fans, they're kind of worried that this might be deja vu all over again. I certainly hope not, but when the team hasn't played in almost a month, what can you do? And uh, Chattanooga FC, I'm sure Coach Rod Underwood, and then we'll get that straightened out. But for this game, 
the big drama that happened was in the match, Shadow FC has the ball. There seems to be a miscommunication between the back line and the goalkeeper, Gene Antoine. The defender makes a pass that goes past Gene Antoine. And next thing you know, former Chattanooga FC player Roddy Green takes advantage and he buries his shot to put Gold Star ahead around the 80th minute. So Gold Star FC had the lead for, and you know, they had 10 minutes left to go in this game. And you really thought for a moment, wow, Gold Star, a team that hasn't won since. June 24th, and they could get a big upset against Chattanooga FC, a team that's only lost one match this whole season. So you thought that for a moment that was the way it was going to go. But Lenny Lopez had other ideas. So Chattanooga FC, they're attacking on the other end, and Jesus Ibarra, I thought he had a a really good game. Uh, He was very impactful for CFC creating chances, creating opportunities. So he's out there in the box, dicing up Gold Star FC defenders, gets a shot, hits the post, and then it bounces to Lenny Lopez, and he slots it home for the boys in blue to get the equalizer. And that is how the match would end with CFC and Gold Star FC getting a draw. I know for Gold Star FC, you're probably like, man, we had that one. We had that one. But we let him off the hook there. And then uh, CFC, you know, showing that fighting spirit. No matter how many goals are now, they're going to keep fighting back. And they got a lot of experienced players on that team. Where Gold Star, you know, it's the first year trying to hang in there. And the good news, though, with that draw, though, because Gold Star knew going into that match, if they lost to the Boys in Blue, they would have been eliminated from the playoff race. But with that draw, you know, I know it's a slim chance, but hey, they still got a chance to make the playoffs. For the Boys in Blue, well, if they would have won that game, they pretty much would have locked up the number one seed and have a first round bye. But that did not happen. So Chattanooga FC will still need to get a few more points to lock up that spot, but I still think Chattanooga FC will eventually get there where they will get that number one spot and will host a semifinal matchup. But we'll see. The LA Force might have something to say about that. Speaking about the LA Force, they were in action this past Sunday at Championship Stadium getting a one nothing win over Club Leon FC. So for Club Leon, I know that was an interesting situation because this team hasn't played in 43 days, and a lot of people wondering if this match can play at all, which it did happen. And and the first thing I did was I took a picture of the starting lineup because I was expecting that's going to be a brand new squad, different players, because we heard about rumors about players that have left that club due to the club not paying players. Now, I took a picture of the lineup and expecting maybe a new squad, but they do have some players that are still there that are part of the original roster. Now, players that aren't there right now 
or that I didn't see, at least for this game, no Ignacio Ten Lopez. He was not there. Or their original starting goalkeeper, Nick Nelson. He was not there either. Mati Parain, he's still there. Augustine Ortiz is still there. Uh, Matteo Borelli is still there. So they do have some players that are still part of the team that are still there. And they did have some new players there as well. Matias Mercado, Argon, Reese, and Luis Saran. So they have a couple new players there. But for Club de Leon, despite having a few familiar faces, it was not enough as the LA Force beat them 1-0. to And Club de Leon, I mean... We know Chattanooga had a bit of a layoff, but Club Leon was really flat in this game. And it's, you know, I don't know with training. They probably haven't had a lot of training to get ready for this game. But with the schedule coming up, it's like fast and furious because they got Gold Star this uh, on Wednesday. And they have the Michigan Stars this weekend. So they got a... Uh, a lot of games to get done in the next couple weeks, and it's gonna be interesting to see how that's gonna affect this team moving forward. And we'll we'll, we'll see, guys. It's gonna be tough for Club Leon, to say the least. Now for LA Force, I got nothing to worry about that team. We know that LA Force has been good, and for the Force, that was enough for them to get the win at home. I know at the end of that match, people were talking about what happened with Monty Perrin getting a red card. Uh, he had like back-to-back yellows, basically. It looked like on the live feed, because I was able to watch this game, that, you know, descent, that's got to be descent. Said something bad, the ref, you're going to get a red card and get out. And then Augustine Ortiz, he got a red card as well. Even though I believe that was for a foul. So, Club Leon was down to nine men, but at that point in the game, it didn't really matter. But now it's going to affect them in their game against Goldstar on Wednesday because they won't have their two midfielders. And with them already having a slim roster already, it's going to be that much more difficult for Club de Leon to try to ride it out. But we will see how it plays out for Club Leon with the few matches they have to make up for the remainder of the regular season in NISA. All right, everyone. That's it on the Week 27 recap. Now let's catch you up on all the latest news around the league. All right, everyone, let's get into the news segment of the show. And I decided, you know, let's start with the bad news stuff first. Since it seems like that's what everyone wants to chat about lately. I'm not sure why. But <laughs> let's talk about the bad news first and get that out the way before we talk about all the good news in NISA. So I'm sure most of y'all know by now that the league has had some issues that have come up recently. One about the refs and 
others about the leagues, and of course, Club de Leon and all that stuff. So let's start with the Professional Soccer Referees Association and their press release they posted last Friday. Now, they post a statement saying that they still haven't been paid, that some of the referees still haven't been paid, some has been in the past three months, and some has still been paid in like 12 months. And they're basically demanding from NISA that they pay back the money owed to the referees represented by the PSRA, or if they don't get the money from the league directly, then they will reach out to U.S. Soccer to see if it can be, if it's possible that U.S. Soccer can pay via NISA's performance bonds that they pay every year to the USSF. And in that same press release, the PSRA also mentioned that they call on U.S. Soccer to re-examine NISA's D3 sanctioning status for next season. So that was quite a mouthful to take <laughs> reading that statement. But for me, hearing this again and you're thinking, oh, here we go again. SMH, why does this keep happening? You know, things like that. And I feel like, especially me, when I used to work with Chicago House back when we were in NISA for like eight months. And we, the, the thing with the rest kind of started around that time. And here we are like two years later and we're still dealing with this. So, man, this is, this is on crazy that this is keep happening. And I know you guys seen on a lot of other outlets about what they've been saying about this situation and everything. Now, I did want to cite here real quick an article I was reading from Beyond the 90 uh, from Jonathan Starling. And it's also on Reddit, too. I believe I might have shared on my timeline on Nisa Day FC on X. But if not, I know you can find it on Reddit there as well but he did had an article where he talked about this issue and you know the timing of the press release and i kind of thought about that too like is this a situation where okay we haven't paid in so many months and if we don't get the money now or soon then we may not wrap the playoff games but you know they put that statement last friday and then this past weekend all the games were still played so you know, I'm kind of was thinking too about the strategy of what they're trying to do here. Starling did post it in his article that he did receive an update or not update, a statement, excuse me, from the league. So I'll read that here. Quotes, all the parties that need to know, know we've been in consistent communication with all parties and assigners. We've bunny hopped some irregularities and are getting fully aligned in the next week. That's where we stand. We can certainly feel the impact at refs, frustration, and anger. 
We're not happy about the deja vu of the situation, but it is being managed. End quote. So that was the latest statement that John the Starling posted on his article that he received from the league on Beyond the 90. So just wanted to mention that. Now, I know the Knights of Nisa, they posted or tweeted on X a couple days ago about what they've heard on rumors on the league. And they said that not only that the league's dealing with the refs not being paid, but that the staff, the staff for Nisa for the league office has been paid as well. And I've I've been in that situation before where I've worked a job and then you're, you're getting income and then all of a sudden they tell you, hey, you're gonna have to go unpaid for a while. So uh, that's that's never a good experience. I've been there, so obviously I, I and even though it's been I think it's been like two years now <laughs> since I was with Chicago House from Renisa, but a lot of those guys that are within the, the league, I still know some of them that still work for the league. Now, there was some news about Club De Leon FC. So I'm sure you guys have heard about what's been going on there, that they played their first game in like 43 days. And we thought, guys, Club De Leon was done. And, but they did play and do a club they own. The Night Sinisa podcast, they tweet about their situation where they, the league was paying for club they own to travel uh, for this road, this recent road match against LA Force, and that they also paid their last two, their previous two uh, road matches for that. So, the league basically has to get Club Leo on the finish of the season to, for sporting integrity reasons. And, I mean, you could have pulled the plug, but then we're going to be back to this points per game stuff. And nobody wants that. After what happened last year, we, we, we don't want that again for sure. And for Club Leo, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. If they were, like, last place, only had three points, probably would have been a different outcome. But the fact that they're still in the playoff race, you kind of have to try to get, find a way to give them the opportunity to try to finish the season. Now, I thought initially, Club Leon, when they were playing this weekend, they are going to have to play all their games on the road. Like, they're, they don't, they're going to have a home game. They're going to have to play all their games on the road. So, uh, but as things stand, it's going to be quite a busy few weeks for Club Leon. Lucky for Fire City Union, they give themselves a bit of breathing room there. So we're going to have that playoff race go down to the wire, it looks like. So that is that. All right, everyone. That's enough on the bad news. Now let's talk about some positive news that is going on. Now, I want to start with the U.S. Open Cup second round qualifying matches that happened this past weekend. So Bay Area United FC, they were in action. They lost four to one 
to Valley 559FC. Capo FC, they lost 6-0 to Irvine Zeta FC. And how about them quals? Temecula FC, they defeated Moretta Soccer Academy 4-0. So that was a big win for Temecula FC. And they are right now the only Nisa Nation side still left. I know Nova FC, they also won. They, of course, represent the Eastern Premier Soccer League, as well as the New York Pan-Cyprian Freedoms. I watched that game this past weekend against Lansdowne Yonkers FC. That was a, a thrilling game. The New York Pan-Cyprian Freedoms, excuse me, they took the lead first, and then the Yonkers FC got an equalizer from uh, Joey DeVivo. And then Pan-Cyprian Freedoms, they, they got sent down to man. Uh, they, had, they were down to players. They had to play 10 men for like 60 minutes of that game, went to extra time, and they scored the winning goal in the second half of extra time, and they won 2-1. to one. So that was a very entertaining game, and there were like a lot of crazy games in the – U.S. Open Cup qualifiers. So I always tell people, look, you, you got to check out the U.S. Open Cup qualifiers. It's always a big deal, um, even in the qualifying rounds. I know most people pay attention to, like, when we have the tournament proper, but you got to check out the qualifiers. I've had fun covering them, working for the Cup.us, and now, you know, checking out as a fan like I did this past weekend when I got to see my former employer, Chicago House AC, in action representing the Midwest Premier League, taking on another Midwest Premier League side, Best Local Chicago. Now, as you guys know, Chicago House, they won the game 2-1, to one, but it's kind of crazy because I haven't seen those guys for Chicago House in a while. I haven't seen Peter and them since their Open Cup run when they were in the third round and they lost Chicago Fire back in April. So it's been a while since I've seen them, and I was there catching up with everybody. And I saw Woj. I haven't seen Wojciech Wojciech in a long time. So it was good to see him. And I know Damon Amazon was joking around. He was all like, Woj, boo, wrong jersey. Because he used to play with Chicago House. And now he's playing for Best Local Chicago. So, yeah. And the fans for Best Local Chicago, like, they were really getting in the game, yelling, you know, got the – Polish chants going on. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, man. Shaw House, you know, we got to step up our game and cheer our boys on. So that was pretty cool experience there. And crazy game. I, the only thing I know the fans were kind of an uproar about watching that game was the, the referee. Uh, of course, you know, Chicago House, they had a player sent off. But then the other teams, like, making tackles and no yellow cards. <laughs> so... Uh, I was like, wow, this, this, uh, this rep is really struggling out there a bit. So not pretty, but Hey, you know, Chicago house, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to get it done. And they held on for that two, one win over this local Chicago. So a very, very entertaining game to say at least. So I had a lot of fun. So yeah, that's that on Chicago house. 
and wish him best luck in the third round, along with New York Pancipian Freedoms, Temecula FC, and Nova FC. All right, everyone, let's get on to a couple player signings. So the Maryland Bobcats FC, they've signed forward Josh Fawal. He went to Loyola University of Maryland and has some professional soccer experience. So the Bobcats have picked him up, and he will be with the team for the remainder of the 2023 NISA season. The LA Force, they've made some signings as well. They have signed UCLA product Jose Sosa, and they've also added Danny Dorelli, who did make his debut in this past weekend's match for the Force against Club de Leon. Um, Nisa, they did announce some rescheduled dates. They have not made a decision yet on the rescheduled matches for Club de Leon against the Michigan Stars. You know, they do play Michigan Stars this weekend, but they have two other games that they make up with the Stars and not sure how that's going to play out. But what I do know is for the Hispanic Clovers, they had their matches postponed uh, with against uh, the Maryland Bobcats and Chattanooga FC, which was supposed to be played last month. So now those games now have a makeup date. So the Bobcats will be visiting Savannah Clovers on Wednesday, October 18th. And Chattanooga FC will visit the Clovers on Saturday, October 21st. Both matches will be played at Wildcat Stadium in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Now, Club Leon, they do have their match against Chattanooga FC. That has been rescheduled to October 25th. That match was supposed to be played in Florida, but now that match will be moved to Fort Finley. So that match has been rescheduled. And then finally for the news segment, we did have the 2023 Nisa Independent Cup wrap up, even though we still have the West Coast region to be decided between Cabo FC and Miguel Alza FC. That final regional championship matchup is to be determined. But for all the Nisa teams, they're done. They've wrapped it up. So last week, Albion San Diego, they defeated Bay Area United FC 42 to win the SoCal region. So congrats to Albion. And like I said, that closes out the 2023 Nisa Independent Cup for the Nisa Pro sides. So just in case you need a refresher, as I just mentioned, Albion San Diego, they just won the SoCal region. Club de Leon FC, they won the Florida region. Savannah Clovers FC won the Southern region. Chattanooga FC won the Southeast region. The Michigan Stars won the Great Lakes region. City Union wins the Northeast region. The LA Force won the Pacific region. Maryland Bobcats FC won the Mid-Atlantic region. And Gold Star FC has won the Midwest region. All right, everyone, that closes out the news segment for NISA. Now let's catch you up on what's happening in NISA Nation. All 
All right, everyone, let's catch up with what's going on in NISA Nation. As we just concluded week five, and our first match, we'll chat about FC Brownsville. They beat Texas Premier SC 6-2 to two in that match. They had three goals from Javier Ballesteros to help FC Brownsville win pretty easily over Texas Premier FC. FC Golden State Force, they shut out Cabo FC 2 to nothing. Uh, Moshe Hill, is, they mentioned on the recap here on the Nisa Nation website that he played in this game. I'm like, did he just play in uh, the LA Forces match against Club they only like the day before? But apparently, for Nisa Nation, He's eligible to play in both leagues, so I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, he scored uh, both goals in that match. And to seal the win for FC Golden State Force and keep them leading in the Southwest region at the top of the table. Battleborn FC, they shut out JASA RWC 3-0. to zero. And Olympiaco CA, wow, it is really not looking good for those guys right now. They lost 8-1. to one. Yes, you heard me right. 8-1 to one to Desert FC. Uh, yeah, Olympiaco CA, not looking good. As for Desert FC, Hector Osuna, he scored twice in each half. So four goals. And you had Cody Shelton getting a goal and assist for Desert FC in that match. Crazy, crazy game. Las Vegas Legends scored six goals on Lobos FC to shut them out 6-0. to zero. Uh, Very crazy game out there in Las Vegas. And then you had... AC Houston, sir. AC Houston, sir. Defeating FC Dallas Dynamo 3-0. Andre Rivas, he scored two goals in that match. And for AC Houston, sir, you know, big win, big win over FC Dallas Dynamo. Then we have Modesto City FC. They lost to Ocelot Stockton TLJ FC. Four to three in that game. Giovanni DiCasso, this guy's 15 years old. He scored four goals, all four goals for Ocelot Stockton TLJ for them to beat Modesto City FC. And then Ocelot LAFC won Ocelot Inland Empire FC one. So that's how that match ended. You had, so yeah, that was all the matches from week five in Nisa Nation. As we look at the table on the current standings in the Pacific region, Battleborn FC leads with 10 points. Bay Area United FC is in second with seven points. JASA RWC is in third with six points. Windmill City FC 
in fourth with six points. Ocelot, Stockton, TLJ, FC's in fifth with three points. And Modesto, City FC, is at the bottom with no points. In the Southwest region, FC Golden State Forces leading the way with 12 points. Lions United FC is in second with nine points. Las Vegas Legends is in third with nine points. Ocelot LAFC is in fourth with seven points. Cabo FC in fifth, six points. Temecula FC is in the middle of the pack there in sixth place with five points. Desert FC is in seventh with four points. Lobos FC is in eighth with three points. Ocelot FC is in ninth with one point. Ocelot Inland Empire FC is in 10th with one point. And then you have Olympiaco CA at the bottom with no points. This team has only scored one goal and they've given up 33 goals. Ouch. And in the Texas region, FC Brownsville is in the lead. The only unbeaten team in that region with 12 points. Matias Almeida FC is in second with nine points. AC Houston Sur is in third place with seven points. Texas Premier SC is in fourth with seven points. FC Dallas Dynamo is in last place with zero points. So that is the latest standings in Nisa Nation for the fall season. Now, we did have some Player of the Week nominations for Nisa Nation. So let's start with Battleborn FC forward Gabriel Rodown. He was chosen as the Nisa Nation Player of the Week for the week of September 11th through the 17th. Uh, Rodow, he has scored a club record five goals in Battleborn FC's 9-1 victory over Modesto City FC. So he was chosen as the player of the week. And then we had another player of the week. This one from Capo FC. Dylan Shockley, defender. He was chosen as the Nisa Nation player of the week for September 18th to the 24th. Uh, Shockley had scored two goals and added an assist for Cabo FC in their 4-1 victory over Oslo FC. That was the two most recent Nisa Nation Player of the Week nominations. So that's the latest update we got from Nisa Nation. Now let's preview our two midweek matches coming up on Wednesday. All right, everyone, for my final thoughts, we're going to preview the two midweek matches for NISA on Wednesday. We have two matches on the schedule. Gold Star FC Detroit hosting Club Leon FC. And then the evening matchup will be Maryland Blackhats FC taking on Albion San Diego. So for Gold Star FC, they will be in action after uh, – draw against Chattanooga FC on this past Sunday. And for Gold Star, I know they haven't won a match 
since June, a league match since June 24th, when they were at home being the Maryland Bobcats. But I think if there was ever a time to do it, they finally snap that losing streak or winless streak. This would be the time to do it. And club that they own, especially when you're gonna, you know you're gonna, they're going to lose two key midfielders in this game. Gold Stars got to take advantage of it. They, they got to take advantage of it, especially being at home. Uh, I know the last time these two sides met was back in May when Club Leon beat Gold Star 3-2. When you really could argue Gold Star really had that game. They really should have won that game. So, but here you are all these months later, and these two teams are totally different now than what it was back then. So, I'm expecting it to be a close game, but so I'm going to go with a 1-0 win from Gold Star FC at home and finally snapping that 12-game winless streak. All right, so in the final midweek matchup, we have the Maryland Bobcats FC hosting Albion San Diego. This should be a good one at the Maryland Soccerplex. Number three versus number four, we got Albion San Diego in the third spot in the table, and the Maryland Bobcats are in the fourth spot in the table. Uh, the battle of the goalkeepers, you got Ben Roach for Albion, and you got Alex Sutton for the Maryland Bobcats FC. So it's going to be a good battle there. Both teams have been able to score goals in their recent matches. I know the last time these two sides met was back in June in San Diego where Albion and Maryland Bobcats, that match finished in a nil-nil draw. So this time around, I'm expecting some goals, hopefully, <laughs> and it should be a good one. You got Albion on a two-game unbeaten streak, Maryland Bobcats on a four-game unbeaten streak. I'm expecting both teams to score, but I'm going to go with the Bobcats at home, edging out Albion with a 2-1 win in front of the old Bay Brigade. So I'm sure those guys will be very excited. So that is my prediction for those two matchups. Now it's time to close out the show. All right, everyone, that will conclude today's edition of the Nisa Day FC podcast. If you guys have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can reach out to me on the X platform and DM me. My handle is at JT underscore Taylor 88. You can also reach out to me on Instagram as well. And if you want to keep up with all the latest updates on our show, you can follow us on our social media channels. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. We're also on X at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Threads at Nisa underscore today FC at threads.net. You guys enjoy all the Nisa matches for Wednesday and this weekend. And I'll see you next time.